So help me welcome back to the C.L. Bryant Show, our medical resident guy for the show. And we thank you for coming in uh, with us today, coast to coast, border to border, throughout the Fruited Plains on the largest talk platform in America, Red State Talk Radio. Download free the C.L. Bryant Show and listen to us from 12.05 until 2 p.m., usually daily. If you're traveling through Times Square, and if you're traveling through Times Square right now, you're breathing a lot of air that is nasty and choking you up well the cl bryant show does pop up there on the big board and 24 hours a day seven days a week cl's looking right back at you there in Times square dr joe if you're walking through Times square tell us what it is about uh smoke and inhaling it that uh this is far beyond any type of cigarette uh secondhand smoke and the doc talk to us about it well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, great to be back. Um, well, you know, very simply put, there's not a lot of oxygen in smoke, and we live on oxygen, obviously. And this is the biggest problem is that there's all this particulate matter that people are inhaling with that smoke. I mean, the, the reason you can see it is because there's all these little particles in it that when you inhale – you will inhale that down into your lungs, and it's an extreme irritant. So so someone with a normal respiratory status, you, you know, they can tolerate this pretty well, and their symptoms will just be a cough or, you know, burning eyes, burning throat. Um, but unfortunately, people with asthma or anyone with any other kind of respiratory condition or even just being over a certain age, let's call it 65, you know, your body does not respond well to not having a good amount of oxygen. This is the problem with all this smoke. And as you know, it's coming from, you know, the burning fires in Canada. Um, not much, unfortunately, we can do about that um, other than stay inside, have a nice HEPA-filtered uh, HEPA air purifier in your home. And if you must go out, um, use an N N95 mask that'll filter out all that particulate particulate um, toxins out there. Now remember, you know there are there are carcinogens and toxins in this smoke. Um, someone was talking about uh, how it's like smoking half a pack of cigarettes a day. I think that's a little extreme, but uh, think about. Just think about, as I started off with, they ain't a whole heck of a lot of oxygen in smoke. There's not a whole lot of oxygen in smoke, folks. And let's talk uh, uh, just a second then, Doc. We've talked about these uh, masks uh, for COVID. What The word microscopic, do most people understand what that means? You told us on an earlier uh, visit with us that uh, we don't understand the idea of microscopic when it comes to that COVID uh, virus uh, going through just a regular uh, mask and so forth. When, when we talk about microscopic, what don't we understand about that particular scientific principle? Talk to us. Well, it's, I made the analogy to a, uh, coffee filter and you know when you cut co- when you're filtering your coffee it's it's a good size ground in the coffee and it's the regular filter is able to filter out most of those large part- particles now the regular standard blue mask that people wear that 
that's for droplets. That's like if someone is talking to you and they, they have, you know, they, you know, some, uh, they aerate some stuff from their mouth. It's not, you're not going to inhale it. That's going to stop those big droplets or it's even good for large bacteria. But the problem is that viruses are much, much, much smaller than bacteria. So they go right through that blue mask. And this is why it's always been a joke to me. Uh, and people, you know, just don't understand that wearing a scarf over your face or, or uh, a blue mask is basically not doing anything in terms of COVID. Um, and that, 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 that really is the gist of it. It's just the size of the virus is so tiny it's almost like that mosquito that no see that can fit through your screen, you know, because they're so small. That's the virus. Um, and really the only protective mask are the N95s. Now, if you recall, there was a huge shortage of N95 at the height of COVID in, uh, in early March of 2020. And, you know, I think what happened was we ran out. And I don't know if you're old enough to remember this CL, but you know, during the Cold War, we used to have these uh, these tr- these um, um, things in school, like a test, like a nuclear alert, and people would get under the table, you know, and hide your <laughs> bomb. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you remember that. Oh but yeah. Yeah, and this is the same thing with these blue masks. It's like the government telling you, oh, get under the table, you'll be safe from the nuclear bomb. It's almost like they're just telling you to do something for you to do something, and you don't feel so helpless. But the the reality of it, the reality is it's just a useless thing to do for COVID, which is a virus. Now, there are other things like TB, which is a bacteria, that it's hopeful for. But again, we always, you know, our esteemed leader, Dr. Fauci, always spoke about the science. And yet, you know, I guess he missed that class in microbiology uh, about the size of bacteria and viruses. Well, I'm glad that you didn't miss that class so you can bring that to us uh, here live across the country and around the globe on that. Because, you know, you know, also, uh, uh, Dr. Joe, I, I am absolutely old enough to remember polio, old enough to remember when uh, mom and dad uh, didn't want us to play in, in water uh, and, and that type certain times of the year. But the thing is, we have so many people coming now into the country who are not wearing masks and we don't even know if they're vaccinated. Is there a real, a real possibility of tuberculosis? TB is Dr. Joe referred to it as tuberculosis. And and I don't think people really understand just how horrible tuberculosis was back (laughs) in the day. And talk to us about uh, what is unchecked coming into this country and what effect that may actually have on our American population. Okay, now let's just step back for a moment and realize that COVID-19 and Fauci's policies are the gift that keeps giving. We are in a, in a position now that because of the lockdowns and the draconian measures that we use and the fear-mongering, you had a lot, a lot of people um, who were afraid to leave their homes, much less go to a physician to have their vaccinations done. I'm, I'm speaking toward children now. 
So there are a lot of people in this country at the moment who are not up to date with their vaccinations. And if that's the case in America, you can only imagine what it's like in other countries. Now, in order for these vaccines to work, there's something called herd immunity. That means there are enough people around you that are vaccinated and can't get the disease that even though you're not vaccinated, there's no one around you that can infect you. That's called herd immunity. And that has to be in a regular virus or regular bacterial pneumonia. You need to be around 75%, 80%. Now, COVID-19 is the exception to that rule because it's very, very contagious. You need to be around 95% of everyone vaccinated to have true herd anemia, uh, immunity. So let me backtrack to the border um, and polio. Let's start with polio. Now, polio, in you know, as you and I and a lot of other people know, um, in 1955, you know, Jonas Salk invented the inactivated polio vaccine. And then in 1960, in 61, 57, around that time, the inactivated or IPV virus, I mean, vaccine was instituted. That inactivated one, that's the oral one, the, the, which is called OPV today. Um, and then, you know, in the schools, we used to get that little sugar, sugar cube. Now that was, uh, I'm sorry, that sugar cube had live polio in it. But it was weak in a weakened state, so it didn't get you sick. You produce antibodies, and you were vaccinated. That is the cheapest form of the polio vaccine. That is what the majority of these poor countries around the world use because it's cheaper than the inactivated polio vaccine. You know, when when we talk about uh, inserting uh, a, a live uh, vac- a virus like polio or, uh, in, into our our system, most Americans say say to that, "What? I mean, how how does that work?" So pretend that all of us are kindergartners right now. Uh, how 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 do you explain putting that in the body to combat something that sometimes destroys the body? What's the logic behind that? virus is in a very weakened state so it's not reproducing but it's it's enough of the virus in your body that your body says hey what's this thing in my bloodstream or in my body and it makes antibodies and attacks it and then you build antibodies toward that bacteria or virus whatever it may be that's how uh, vaccines work now currently most of the world is getting, you know, the OPV, the oral version of the vaccine, which is the weakened virus. And most of the world, this, you know, polio is not a rampant disease as it was when we were growing up. Um, so, but what you do have now is something called vaccine-related, vaccine-derived polio, meaning, and this is what the how I circle back to the border. In this country, our vaccine is the basically inactivated dead virus. These oral vaccinations, that's still live virus. So if you have not been vaccinated against polio, you can contract polio. Now, does that from one of these people who've been vaccinated with the live virus? Does that happen very often? No. Can it happen? Yes. The other side of it is... Um, you have countries 
such as Afghanistan, as we all know, and have heard about in the news a lot, and Pakistan, where the, that is, those are the only two countries left in the world where you have the original wild, as they call wild or live, polio, uh, poliomyelitis uh, virus. So um, who is coming in? We had that whole thing in Afghanistan. We brought all these unvetted people into our country who they're like one of two countries where polio is still a real disease. So think about that for a second. But even let's go beyond polio. Let's think about more, you know, commonplace diseases like tuberculosis. You mentioned tuberculosis. In this country, it's not really what it was in the turn of the century and in where well, you had all these uh, places where they would just put people with tuberculosis in. Um, but that's not the case around the world. It's still a very, um, very virulent disease around the rest of the world, and it's rampant in a lot of places. So now you have these people all coming over the border who may have active TB. And, and think, think about this now a second. How is TB spread? It spread droplets. Who gets TB? People who have a lower immune status. Now think about these people coming over and living on the sidewalk, living in tents, not getting their vaccinations, not getting a good day, good amount of food. Their immune status is very low, and they're in very close quarters, like in these detention centers. It is like a petri dish for people to infect each other. And then you take these people and you bring them to the four corners of the United States where they can now subsequently begin infecting everyone else around them. Wow. Wow. You know, uh, when 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 uh, and you tell me whether or not this is 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 so or not, if, if they were to pull your medical records, my medical records, would the polio vaccine and all the other vaccines that we had uh, coming along that, that was showing our American medical records? Is there is there any way to to track i mean how, how do we track that i mean is there is there, there's no world there's no global uh medical recorder anywhere that 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 tracks people i mean it's just it's just absolutely irresponsible it seems if there's not and we're letting these people in but is it true that our medical records do contain the facts that we have had these shots america, but remember america is a very different you know we're where we are we have been and still are the greatest country in the world. And, you know, we, yes, we keep records. People have enough money to go and get their kids vaccinated. That's not the case for the rest of the world. There are a lot, a lot of, a lot of poor places where people are, you know, like Haiti, for example, they reuse needles because they can't afford to buy sterilized needles. So they'll take, and I'm not saying all of Haiti, but in the rural areas, They'll take those needles and they'll boil them and they'll try to sterilize them as best they can. And they have to reuse them because they can't afford to buy needles. And it's not only Haiti. There are a lot of poor places in Africa and, and you know, around the world. Um, and, you know, we as Americans, unfortunately, we, we are kind of sheltered from all that. And because we're sheltered, we don't think about it or know about it. Um, even these things I'm telling you about TB... Everyone thinks TB is a disease of the past. It is not by any shape, 
or no, no, by any shape or means is it a disease of the past. It is still probably one of the biggest killers in a lot of countries. You know, uh, Dr. Joe, you always bring to the the show uh, a perspective and insight. And, and you know what? It, it made me think that uh, I've traveled on missionary journeys to other parts of the world. And when you get outside of the United States, and you said something that is absolutely true, most people don't realize that the rest of the world outside of the U.S. Uh, do not have refrigeration. And that's something many of these vaccines must require in order for the uh, antibodies to remain uh, uh, viable uh, to, to, to help you as far as that's concerned. And I, I want to thank you for shedding light on that. And God bless you and God keep you for your input. You. If there's anything that you want to share, I'll give you the final word. Well, I, I would like to share with the audience that they should really, really be sure that their children are up to date with their vaccinations. And I don't mean only, you know, like polio. I mean measles, mumps, rubella, hepatitis. We have a whole slew of vaccinations that happen within the first five years of life. And with all these people coming over the border, the last thing you want is your kids not vaccinated for diseases that are, you know, that there are existing vaccines and there are bad diseases that your kids can die from if not vaccinated. I want to, next time you come on, uh, Doc, is talk to you about pros and cons of vaccine. I have a lot of friends out in California in particular who are not vaccinating their children. I want to talk about the pros and cons of that, and that'll be another conversation for us. But listen, God bless, man. Have a fantastic weekend, you and your family. Talk to you Thank real you. soon. Thank you. Thank you.